we're not going to solve world hunger. We're not right. going to cure every world's disease, but to the extent that I have influence, that's part of, of, of the ministry's vision statement that God, wherever we have influence, let us, let us make a difference. Let us be influential. Good morning. Good morning, Pastor Ray. Can you hear me? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Can you hear me good, too? I hear you great. So, I all right, I got to ask you one question right up front, because we've known each other for years now. I know you mm-hmm. as Pastor Ray, but every time I see your name, it's Stephen R. <laughs> Henderson. So which which one do you want me to call you? <laughs> call me, call me how you know me. Pastor Ray is fine. Everybody calls me Pastor Ray. Um, okay. Stefan is my first name. Ray is oh, my middle Stephan. name. Oh, Stefan. See, I've been pronouncing it wrong all this time. Mm-hmm. See? 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 But um, there's a little, even a little story behind that. Yeah. Um, when I was much, much, much younger, people would always mispronounce my name. Uh-huh. So uh, I just said, uh, just call me Ray. Ray is my middle name. It's real easy. Got Can't it. mess that up. Got it. Okay. I begin to understand now. So that's good. <laughs> so yeah, that's and yeah. that's yeah, that's the other thing is like I was I was literally trying to go over my mind. All right, I know we met at Eastern Hills and I know it was sometime yeah. between two thousand five and two thousand eight, but I can't remember. When when did you work there? It was two thousand and seven. Yeah. Okay. All right. That that makes perfect sense, right? And um, how how long were you there? I was there for a year. A year, okay, yeah. So you moved to Atlanta when? Two thousand and twelve. Okay. Wow. Okay. So you've been there yeah. quite a long time, and like, was that your first time leaving Buffalo? Like, had you always lived in this area, or have you lived other places? Well, it it was my first time uh, living somewhere else other than Buffalo, you know, besides military service. You were um, in the military? So, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. What branch? Army. Really? So Army, you're, Army yeah. Reserve, yep. Ah, so you you and Ken must have talked about that a little bit cuz I cuz I remember we had, you know, we had you over once. Mm-hmm. Right. And Ken, I don't know. Did you guys talk about it? Because he he was in the Marines. So and he mentioned a military is, you know, we did. OK, we right. Did. Right. Because the joke is, yeah. how do you, how do you know someone is a Marine? They'll tell you. <laughs> no. Right. Yeah. Tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, <laughs> they'll tell you. And the other what's the other Marine joke is, um, oh, shoot, I'm going to forget it. Um something about second grade um i can't remember but it's funny it's about you know repeating second grade i'll remember it later then it'll be anticlimactic oh no he didn't tell me that he didn't tell me the secrets oh yeah 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 oh okay and so did you did you serve in conflict anywhere no okay i i um i'm dating myself so i got out before just before the first golf conflict if okay. i um if i had re-enlisted i probably would have been part of that right so i think you and ken i'm guessing you're 
close to the same age because same story for him. He served from like 82 to 88. And wow. Yeah. Yep. So he got out before Desert Storm and all of that stuff. So that was like that one window of time when not much was going on. So, right. Uh, exactly. Yeah. 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 I so was in from 80 to 86. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you guys were really close. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. It's good. Okay. Getting refreshed here. So you keep talking. We might be related. Yeah. You know, <laughs> speaking of, <laughs> did you listen to that Metaxas thing that I sent you? The. The two guys. The prophecy? No, no. I sent you um, a podcast. Eric Metaxas interviewed these two guys. Uh, one's name was Lockett, and I forget the other guy's name. But they had this incredible story. One was a white guy, and one was a black guy. Really? Yeah. No, I didn't. Okay. I'm, Listen I to it. Well, it's it's if you can't find it, I'll resend it to you. And I hate to even blow the story because it's just incredible. But I the giveaway is... I don't even want to blow it, but I kind of gave it away when you said related. These two guys didn't know each other from anything. They they showed up at this prayer meeting in D.C. Oh, years ago. Yeah. I, well, wait. That wasn't the state trooper guy, was it? No, no. Um, okay. One. Okay. So what they found out is they they were related, but not by blood. They were like one of them, their family they they owned the other family um and then that wow. family splintered off and part of that family became abolitionists and i don't know what happened to the other part but but these two guys became friends and they were friends for years before they discovered this you sent me that How i did that? uh you know what May, who knows maybe I, I i know we we have two channels right we're miss messenger and instagram messenger so and i can't instagram, remember which right. one i sent it to you but i'll send it again because it was really a, it's an amazing amazing story um but yeah part, i want to check it out for yeah sure. yeah so cool so all right hey i just want to thank you for being so patient with me listen hey this isn't this isn't a race you right. know i was just thinking right. this is actually part of our sanctification process so mm -hmm. it doesn't have a uh, uh a target although it does have goals and those goals we have the rest of our lives to achieve because right. we'll never fully eradicate issues that are a result of people's sinfulness all we can do is resist it. Right. Yep. I saw a quote yesterday, Craig Groeschel, if you've ever heard of him. And the quote, I, I won't get it right, but the gist of it was, Christ within you is stronger than sin within you. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, it's that Romans 7 thing, right? You know, oh, wretched man yeah. that I am, the thing that I want to do, I can't do, and the thing I should do, I don't do. So we wrestle, and we have in our flesh, sin is still present, and yet the truest part of us, for those, you know, for those who've been redeemed by Jesus, I, I don't, you can't say this about everybody in the world, but those who call on the name of Jesus, the truest part of us now is Christ. It is the core of our right. being. So right. that does win in the end, but it doesn't mean we don't contend. The flesh is still there. It's still, you know, it's the the covering. You know, I think it's the Tootsie Rolls. You know, this is the it's mm -hmm. the Tootsie Pop. You mm -hmm. know, so that the outer core is still there, but the 
the center is still is Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, that that's what makes relationships important. Um, but what you just mentioned is is really a, a companion um, to greater is he that is in you than yeah. he that is in the world. Yep. Although he that is in the world is in us too. <laughs> right, right. And I think we I think we have this like dichotomy or this you know like we look at it like um like a pendulum like it's either one side or the other and it's mm. not true. It's not I mean both are true. In the end the truest thing is Christ in me, the hope of glory, Christ in you, the hope of glory. But right. But it but we work it out. Like you 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 I think this phrase you've I've heard you say a couple times, or you've written it to me, you know that uh, the word became flesh, but we have to flesh it out. Right. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like um, I remember preaching a sermon recently. Um, the odd couple. It, 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 it's kind of like having both in one. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. You got the the slob and you got the neat freak and you got you know two completely different (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah living in the same person yep felix and oscar yep but exactly yeah and and yet i mean again the good news is you know i guess whatever we want to attribute i guess the slob we would say is sin although there's really some uptight neat freaks (laughs) out there that i don't know they're righteous but i mean i get the analogy um but the good news is, one, we know that sin is defeated. We know. We know because it's not right. us who, you know, it's, it's Christ that defeated it. So as we let him, as we live and move and have our being in him, that's what defeats it. That's, that's, what, that's what gives us hope that this isn't just this you know, this, this futile endeavor to try to be good people and get along. We can't do it in our exactly. own strength. Exactly. But we're still And caught. that's why we can't not do something. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> it, it, we're, we're compelled to resist, um, you know, first within and then, you know, secondly on the outside. You know, when we were talking about, <clears throat> when we were kind of texting-ish back and forth about fear. And, you know, the fear of inactivity is actually greater than the fear of what will happen if we're making an effort. Right, because the fear of inactivity is the fear of, it's the fear of disobedience, but to me, it speaks to, I think I, I might have even wrote this to you, the fear of not trusting God, mm-hmm. right? Right. Which, right. ironically, is, you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So the right. antidote to fear is to actually have the right kind of fear. Exactly. If that, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So have you ever asked have you ever asked the Lord why he left us here after we got saved, after we come to know him? 
I've thought of it a lot. So before I give my, I don't know, if you want me to give my answer first, or I think I, I'm more interested in your answer. Well, I know. I'm, I mean, we're, we're already talking about it right. because yeah. there's, there's activities that he needs us to take part in. There's, right. there's things that he, he needs us to do. You mentioned living and moving and having our being. And so we need to do that as redeemed people. You know, if he if he just raptured us, I mean, we are at our best the moment after we get saved. <laughs> yeah. But if he <laughs> raptured us then, yeah. then we 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 wouldn't have accomplished anything as a redeemed person or as someone who can live out the alternative. That's right. I mean, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, you know, I, I think often of this scripture, um, I would have despaired unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And right. I know, you know, I know eternity in heaven and the new, you know, the new heaven and new earth is, is the ultimate land of the living. But yeah, it's it's here that we can work this out, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And that salvation has implications because it's not just for me. It's not just about my salvation. It's about living it out and and spreading that hope that we've been given so that other people can have that hope. And how are they going to know it unless we're living it out? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. As hard as it is. It, it is hard. <laughs> It's hard. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. It is. It really is. So I guess fear, um, bottom line is fear that is motivating is properly channeled, but fear that is paralyzing is a problem. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's where I've been lately. Like, I have just, I have so many, too many, too many thoughts, and I'm trying to chase them all around, and that's part of the problem, is that's, you know, the overthinking things can be paralyzing, and that can mm -hmm. add to the fear. Um, but facing that, you know, what is the, the definition of courage, right, is being afraid and doing it anyway. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's a big piece of this. Um, but, you know, I, I do want to talk a little bit about fear because, you know, fear certainly has an irrational component. It, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's all these contrite, you know, when you've been around the church your whole life, you hear all these acronyms, you know, fear, false evidence appearing real. Um, and mm -hmm. there's there's truth to that, right? It, you know, afraid of the dark, afraid of clowns, afraid of whatever. <laughs> but there's, there, right. I think in, especially in our day and age, in this current climate, right now as we speak, there are some fears that are really, that are real, that maybe don't seem so irrational, like the fear of not just losing your reputation, but losing your job, losing your health, you, losing your life. And those right. are real fears that people live with every day. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so it's like, well, you got to decide... You don't have to decide to go because we've already established that to do nothing is the worst thing to do. <laughs> so since you know you have to, you have to move out, you have to 
um, resist, then the question becomes, well, well, how? You know, what, what do I do? What pace do I set? And, and I believe that that is established by examining yourself first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, do I, you know, am I part of the problem? Am I, you know, what, not do I have inherent biases, what inherent biases do I have? Mm-hmm. I think that's important. That's an important distinction. Exactly. Because, you know, I, I, I think it's interesting when Joshua was about to face a battle and there was a heavenly messenger that just appeared and he asked him, are you for us mm-hmm. or for our adversaries? Right. The captain and of the host. he said, neither one. Right. Yep. Yep, I'm not on your side. I'm not on their side. I am here as the captain of the host. I'm on God's side. I'm on my side. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so as we move out, we being collectively and we being individually, we have to move out not being afraid to not take a side. Mm-hmm. We We have to be courageous enough to say this is what I believe God's side is and when God is right both sides wrongs will be exposed mm-hmm yep yep and okay so here's here's the thing with that first of all it's a tall order Right to say, well, I'm on I'm on God's side. Well, then it becomes, well, how do you know you're on God's side, right? Because everybody's got an opinion about what that means. Um, but then we could probably spend a whole podcast just talking about that. And then there's another side is what you said, having the courageous to not take having the courage to not take a side because no matter what, someone's going to be pissed off at you, and mm-hmm. you know. That's just the reality of it, and and I think we really do fear that because we don't want we don't want people angry at us, or at least we want to we don't want the wrong people angry at us, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah, and that's a whole other interpretation too. So, what say you to that? Well, um, if we if we're claiming to be on God's side which most people probably do, so I get that. But then who who are the wrong people that will be mad at you? Mm-hmm. If you're representing God, the only wrong person to be mad at you is God. So you, I mean, you, you speak the truth in love, you, you echo and parrot as best you can the application of his truth in this situation. And there will even be times where he tells you, represent the oppressed, be the voice of the voiceless. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you're, you're going to tick some people off still. There, there is no way to avoid an enemy. You know, I, yep. I, I used a joke many, 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 many years ago that if you have... If you have 
two church members, chances are one of them is unhappy with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why, yes. You know, because, yeah, and, and it's like you, 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 you can't, you, we will not be able to accomplish something that Jesus didn't. He had right. enemies. Right, right, right. So, what, okay, what you just said, I think, is another really important place to just pause for a moment because mm-hmm. unity, right? Unity, such an important concept, something we talk about in the church a lot, something that I think the culture even places some value on this idea of unity, right? Because we want to be in unity with each other. We want to be in harmony with each other. Right. But unity for the sake of unity. Let's talk about that. Mm. To paint a picture of unity. Right. So unity as, as a means and an end unto itself. What does that look like? Oh, it it looked like Sunday morning before the pandemic. Okay, go on. Where, you know, we believe the same things, but we don't believe the same thing in the same places. One of the one of the um, realities that made Pentecost so powerful is that they believed the same thing, but they were also in the same place. And until we reach a point to where we can combine our believing the same thing to be expressed in the same places, our message won't have the same power. We, we have to integrate. We have to be representative of unity, diversity, of the 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 multicolored or multifaceted grace of God next to each other, not across from each other, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. parallel. We have to intersect, and and we talk intersection, but we express it parallel, mm. and nobody's buying it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to back up a second um, because. You began by saying, you know, we believe the same thing. Let's park there for mm-hmm. a second. Notice mm-hmm. I haven't said unpack yet, um, but I just did. <laughs> so <laughs> that's our little private joke. I just, I don't like that phrase because I just think it's overused, right. but yeah. Um, but anyway, believing the same thing. So that's the essence of unity, right? We're all in one accord. So what is it that we're that's believing? the beginning of it. Right, that's because, the beginning of it. yeah, because... I would contend that in this push for unity, we want people who all believe something different to conform. And it's the object of unity. Like, what are we unified about? Are we unified in Christ? Are we unified in something else where we have to just conform? And again, there's all these splinters we could go off, so I don't want to go too far. But I just want to Mm -hmm. establish that right now what we're talking about is the church who's unified in Jesus Christ. Yes, we believe that Jesus is Lord, that he died for all sin, and every Sunday morning, wherever we express that belief, um, is actually where we're missing it. That's why I mentioned the same place. We believe the same thing, but we don't believe it in the same 
location or in the same place. We don't have proximity. Right. So we have to we have to solve that proximity problem because I can't feel what you're feeling if I'm not with you. Yep. That is the truth, and we might even be well-meaning, and it's not that we're even, you know, necessarily opposed to each other. And now, again, there's another splinter, because that's a real thing, um, but let's start here, because if we can't start here, then we're never going to get there. So right. we believe the same thing. We say we love each other. We think we even mean it, but we're not interacting with each other and then we're surprised (laughs) when there's a breakdown of communication or a misunderstanding or you know all the things that come with that exactly and that's why i mentioned to you the importance of relationship yeah you can't have unity without relationship right i mean you reached out to me on june 1st because we have relationship. Right. When you were trying to live out the pain, the horror, the burden, whatever, however you want to describe right. it, that you feel you had a relationship. Yeah. At least at least one. That that we have to start there. The reason why there isn't an outlet for that burden in a lot of cases is because they don't have a relationship. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And so, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to pause here. We're going to come back to this, but I'm I'm, I'm doing things so differently than my normal mm-hmm. podcast and I kind of like how this is turning out um because we're I don't know how we're like almost a half an hour into this discussion. And I haven't properly introduced you yet, so um, let, let me do that, because normally I, you know, I'm just, this is like inside baseball, folks. Like, normally I chat a few minutes, and then we start the official podcast, but I think, I'm going to go back and listen, I think I'm just going to play this whole thing, even, you know, from, from the very beginning, because I think it's important. Um, but I do want to, I do want to introduce you, so, so, Hi. Pastor Stefan Ray Henderson. <laughs> so, um, so, by way of introduction, I, I even wrote it all up. So, all right. So, here's here's the thing: you were born and raised in Buffalo, right? Where that's where we met. You were trained and you were ordained uh, in Western New York. You spent years ministering to those who were caught up in in addictions, and you also you served on ordination boards, leadership training institutes. See, I, I read your website, um, and cre- <laughs> and and one of your um, your claims to fame with me anyway is um, eternal moments, uh, this daily internet devotion, um, yeah. and you have subscribers like all over the place, all over the world. Um, and that's one of the ways you and I kept in touch over the years, because when you left Eastern Hills, you had this thing, and I was already subscribed, and, you know, every once in a while, I'd be like, hey, you know, shout out to you, thank you, I needed to hear that today. Um, so I would say most of our friendship has been via email or social media, you know, so, but I'm grateful, I'm so grateful that we've stayed in contact over the years. Um you know, oh, and by the way, I don't know if you haven't figured this out yet. You're black. I'm white. So, you know, that's the discussion we're having today. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, and and I, you know, here's this thing. I I don't know. I, like I said before, I'm going to be awkward. And that, that's, I, fortunately, that's my, my, uh, my, 
my claim, right? Own your awkward, so I can fall back on that. Um, yeah, I'd like to think I don't like it just because you're black. I mean, you are, and I'm white, but I mean, I just appreciate who you are, and I'm so grateful to have a relationship with you, and I'm so grateful that I could reach out to you in the midst of all this craziness with protests and 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 all that's gone with it um, in the mm-hmm. last, you know, especially this past month or so two months it's going right. on two months now yeah so yeah, yeah so I, I i wanted to go circle back to that because i think it's important you talk about relationship um i have more to say about that but i feel like i'm talking a lot so i'm gonna shut up for a second and let you talk no you're not um okay. <laughs> and it, it's it's important to um go back to the foundation um of you know how we met where we met and 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 how our ministries intersected you know um because you were ministering as well you were ministering as part of the worship team in eastern hills and you know had that not happened i may not have ever gotten your name to even be put on the devotional mailing list and so god has done all of these intersections um so I appreciate the opportunity to continue in those lasting relationships that God established because it makes things like this not only possible, but meaningful. This isn't, you know, this isn't superficial. This is, this is ordained. Right. And anything that God's going to accomplish, he's going to accomplish it through relationship. Right. Yes. Amen to that. Okay. Relationship. So you reminded me of something else. I was thinking about this even before we spoke. So, all right. So the Bible, I'm going to, I'm going to watch how I tie this together. It's going to be brilliant. Um, But you know, the Bible, (laughs) (laughs) so the Bible talks about fear a lot, right? And I'm sure you know this as a pastor. How many times does the Bible mention fear? A lot. A lot. A lot. So I looked this up, and I can't say I've I've you know vetted it, but um, several sources say 365 times. Isn't that convenient? So the Bible mm. says, "Fear not." 365 times, once for every day right. of the year. So it's pretty clear, right, that that's God's message. Um, mm-hmm. But all right, but there's. No, stay with me. So there's an old Bob Newhart sketch, um, and it was like this. It was this woman who's like, "Oh, I have this fear of getting uh, caught, you know, buried alive or whatever." And he's like, "Stop it!" And that was like his whole therapy. Just stop it. Stop it. So like, okay, that's ridiculous. You can't just stop it. You can't just switch it off. But I think a lot of times people uh, they misunderstand the context because context is everything. Right, And the only way we can fear not, as the Bible tells us, is in the context of a proper relationship to God. Right? right. And, and that, which, as we said before, ironically begins with the fear of the Lord. But, you know, Jesus wasn't just like, don't do this. You should do that. He, he always got to the heart, right? He always wanted to know why. It wasn't just about behavior. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. relationship. Uh, there is a relationship. I mean, otherwise, he, he could have accomplished all of this without leaving heaven. Relationship was extremely important. It provides an example. It provides a context. It provides relatability. And so, 
he wanted relationship to demonstrate that it really can be done. And it can be done right. Yeah. My question to you is... Okay, I'm ready, is, I think. Is fear, <laughs> is fear not a command to not fear? Or is fear not an encouragement to deal with it properly? Ooh, that's a good question. I think I'm going for <laughs> option B. Or maybe it's both of the above. I mean, I think it is a command, right? You know, if God says it, then we should probably obey it. But the context, I yeah, I think you're right. I think, yeah. you know, because Angel said it a lot and is like, okay, get up. Get up off the ground. Don't worship me. Don't, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, which, you know, it's another topic. But, yeah, it's, this is good news. Well, it, it, this is good it, it, news. <laughs> it, it, exactly. And, and fear not is him saying, stop fearing. It's not saying don't fear. Yeah. It's saying stop fearing. You're already afraid. So stop being, there's no reason to continue in your fear. Mm -hmm. I'm, 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 I'm helping you not fear is what he's saying. But he's not saying don't do it. He's saying stop doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said before, you know, being paralyzed in our fear. Right. Certainly right. God doesn't want that for us. And I, I think, a, I think a, a, a good context in that phrase alone helps us understand, you know, the, the verse, the second Timothy, what is it? One seven, God's not giving us a spirit, the spirit of fear. Spirit of fear. Yep. Everybody yep. quotes that. But what we do, what we have a tendency to do is to beat ourselves up for being fearful. Mm -hmm. but what mm -hmm. he's saying is, is God has not given us a spirit of fear. It doesn't mean we don't have it. It just means right. he didn't give it to us. Right. So right. since he didn't give it to us, there's a way that he expects us to conquer it and overcome it. Right. And I think if you finish, and I know you know the rest of that sentence, I think he gives yeah. us the answer of how we <laughs> overcome it, right? Exactly. <laughs> but a spirit of what? <laughs> Three Power, things. Yep. Love and a sound a mind. A sound mind. That's right. That's right. And why do we forget that? Yeah, because we're so busy beating ourselves up for being fearful. That's the yep. trick of the enemy. Yep, it sure is. And and I'll tell you, you know, when you, it's like every lie, you know, any good lie is not going to be. There's no such thing as a pure lie, right? Because right. if it's a pure lie, <laughs> you see it coming, right? If you see, blah, 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 you know, like um, I'm holding up my fingers and devil horns, you know, as you can't see it, but I'm just describing, you know, it's like if you see the devil coming at you and like, you know, a boogeyman monster, no one's going to believe him. Right. But a good lie has a lot of truth in it enough that we hook into it and believe it. Yes, absolutely. I mean, in the wilderness, Satan quoted scripture, but he quoted it out of context. So, yep. Yeah, and there's it you. will have a lot of truth in it. 
Yep, and there's that word context again. Context matters so much. And not because of my agenda, not because of anybody's agenda, but as you as you pointed out earlier, God's agenda. How do yeah. we keep our eyes fixed on him? Because the truth is and and you know, there's so many weeds we could get down into, but you know what? It's it's important. The weeds sometimes are important. We just can't stay there. We got to clear through them. One of the weeds is we all have our filters, right? Because we all have a story. We all have battles. We all have things that we've encountered in our lives that, you know, whether or not they should, we tend to identify with our backgrounds, with our experience, whether good or bad. So it's almost, if not humanly, impossible to see clearly, to see anything clearly, because we're always seeing through lenses, we're always hearing through filters. Yes. You know, it, your words reminded me of a song I kind of stumbled upon a few months ago. And the the title of it is Invisible Tattoo. Mm. And as you being a songstress can um, deduce, the lyrics talk about the power that one has over another, whether that be a person or whether that be an impression or an environment or whatever, it, 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 it's an invisible tattoo that, that we don't even know we're operating under. Right. Right. And so that's why the, the battle always starts internal first you 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 have to expose those invisible tattoos those inherent biases those flaws you have to address them even prior to embracing them yeah yep yep okay so now i'm going to get really super spiritual on you here there is a broadway show i never saw it but i know just enough of it to make my point um the, song, the the show is called Avenue Q. Did you ever hear of it? No. Okay. So I look it up, Google it. Somewhere, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's I, it's kind of, yeah. So it's it's a parody of Sesame Street, all right? So, um, but, but it's not for kids, but it, it kind of riffs off of Sesame Street themes. So one mm. of the songs is called Everyone's a Little Bit Racist. And it's actually wow. quite, it's quite funny and it's quite spot on because the point of it is it's this group thinks that about that group and this one thinks about, you know, so everybody has these biases and they mm-hmm. do it in a funny way. But to me, it is brilliant because it speaks to what you're speaking about. It speaks to this topic of, you know, it's so easy for me to say, well, that's racist. You're a racist or you're this or you're that. That's so much easier than me confronting my own biases you know mm. and and for that matter this is this is where I, I i feel like i'm treading on not with you but in general because you've been quite kind to me as i stumble across my words but even the the topic of racism as important as it is i see it falling under this greater topic that you're speaking of 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 bias of of these filters 
in our sinfulness that that cause us to see things wrongly and cause us to be wrongfully fearful or cause us to make wrong assumptions. And that could be about race. It could be about someone with a different skin color than me or somebody with a different background than me or somebody who Mm -hmm. thinks differently than me. And how is one worse than the other? It's all sin. Exactly. It is. And, And no one... I shouldn't say no one. Few of us ever want to talk about self-control when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Mm. So, yes, we can be offended. Yes, we can even be horrified. But we still have to leave vengeance to God. We have to speak the truth in love. We, we, we are to resist the devil, but at the same time, we're supposed to draw near to God too. Matter of fact, I think it says that first, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Resist the devil and And he'll flee. So we go right to resisting the devil before we've drawn near to God. Oh, my gosh. That's so important. Say that again, please. We have a tendency to go immediately to resisting the devil before we have drawn near to God. And so that even though we have good intentions, we have poor preparation. So we end up making the fire bigger than the antagonist did. Right, because what you're speaking of is it's a focus and an emphasis on outward behavior, right? Right. So we we want to do the right thing or not do the wrong thing without drawing near to God. And how how can we possibly even know what the right and the wrong thing is until we have drawn near to God? Exactly. And we talked about that 2 Timothy 1.7. He gave us three components because we are a three, we are a trifold person. He, He said, I've given you a spirit of power, and that power is to be used to subdue your flesh. I've given you spirit of love, which is to lead your spirit so that you have pure motives. And then I've given you a spirit of a sound mind, which is supposed to control your soul. So mm-hmm. he's given us three things that, that aren't guns and bows and arrows and horses and chariots all of those three things have to go to work internally yeah. so that we're prepared to work externally yeah oh there's such hope there's such hope in that even in the midst of the just the tumult that we're in and that tumult is so real and so here you and i are talking and and we you know and i'm, I'm not going to minimize i think we're talking these are truths these are deep truths and we're not making them up so i'm not going right. to minimize by saying well this this won't matter it does matter and yet there's there are so many people out there that <sighs> this isn't even on their radar they sense the injustice. They see. They see the unfairness. They see the oppression. They see, and the, those are real, real things. And they're right. And, and they are right. They are yeah. absolutely right. And yet, there's, there, without the hope, 
of the real solution. It's like, okay, how how do we bridge this gap? Because there's just there's so much suffering out there, and there's just fuel being added to the fire. And like you know, like you and I have been talking, you know, mostly it's pretty much all me. Like you're not fearful, but I've been fearful to even broach this because someone's going to misunderstand. Someone's going to be offended. I'm not going to say it right. Blah 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 blah. So how do we bridge this gap to start to spread some of this hope into what feels like hopeless situations? Well, we have to um, confess our brokenness, for one, um, and then our utter inability to solve it. And uh, and then just clearly ask God, what's my part? He says, you know, if you lack wisdom, ask me. Mm-hmm. So we ask. And we need to be content to be effective in our, in, to the extent of our reach. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, we're not going to solve world hunger. We're not right. going to cure every world's disease but to the extent that i have influence that's part of 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 the ministry's vision statement that god wherever we have influence let us let us make a difference let us be influential being all around it so that's a huge issue that's overwhelming in and of itself then you pile on everything else that's going on in the world today um and i'm not even going to name those things because there's just too many things but Oh my gosh, what you just said, you know, we can't solve world hunger. We can't we can't we can't solve it all. And I I personally need to remind myself, not that I feel the burden to solve it, but I just feel so minuscule in the midst of it. I feel that's my battle is why bother? <laughs> not and not even why bother, but it's like I I think if I push down deep enough, I know it's God coming after me. Right. saying, don't you trust me for what you just said to just be effective with what I've given you to do? It's the power of the burden. Yeah, He's only yep. given you so much seed and cast it. You, yeah. you, you, you don't know. You don't know the ground that it's going to land on, but you do know that it's not going to land on the whole world. Right, right, yep. So we're just... We're just sowing the seed and trust God to water it and may it give increase where where he sees fit. You know, and the enemies we make is just another it's another way of filtering out you know, I don't I don't wanna talk to people that don't wanna hear it. Mm-hmm. So the enemies are just filtering out people that don't wanna hear it. Mm, yeah, and that's and I think honestly that's where I get caught up because I think about that so often because from my perspective often what I'm seeing is everybody's talking and nobody's listening and if it's not mm-hmm. if it's not in my echo chamber then I'm not going to listen you know and it's like social media Twitter Facebook blah 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 all of them okay that's great but you know <laughs> who's really listening and yet even in the midst of all that noise. Those, you know, God said, if you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. So, so it's not for me to make that decision. That's, I'm not the editor. I'm, you know, I'm the whatever, whatever I am. But 
one of the most comforting things to me as a minister, I'll say that, not even as a pastor, is that if I if I if I do what I'm supposed to do, there will be people in heaven mm-hmm. that I never met. Mm-hmm. But got there because of what I said or what I did. Yep. Yep. You know, everybody that reads your post is not going to hit like. Mm-hmm. Everybody's not going to reply. Yep. And so we can't measure effectiveness by the responses. We we leave that measurement to God. He told David, don't number the people. Let me worry about that. Yep. And, you know, I, I was I was thinking as we were talking to, and now it sounds like I'm doing all the talking. Um, That's what you're here for. <laughs> one of the one of the things that I appreciate and appreciated the most about Martin Luther King Jr. wasn't the far-reaching influence he had. It wasn't. It wasn't even the cause that he stood for necessarily. It was the fact that every time I saw him, he was composed. Mm-hmm. In 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 the face of billy clubs and dogs and beatings and and sneers and jeers, you never. I I never saw him lose self-control yeah you're right you're right and to me that that spoke louder than everything else well almost everything that spoke louder than mostly everything else he said and and he said a lot of very profound things but the fact that he epitomized in my observation the spirit of self-control, which is that fruit that few Christians talk about. They talk about their rights. They talk about their indignation. They talk about their anger, but they don't talk about self-control. That's what I admired the most about him. Yeah, and what it's making me, what you, okay, what it's making me think is, we can do the right thing for the wrong reasons, right? Exactly. And the, the Pharisees did that all the time. And it doesn't, you know, and Jesus said, hey, you know, in, in the end, if they're, you know, if they're on my, you know, if those aren't that aren't against us or for us, you know, if they're speaking truth, in a grand sense, it doesn't matter what the motive is because God will use it. But mm-hmm. motive still matters. And why it matters is what you just said. Because if I do the right thing, but my whole motivation for doing it is so that I can be woke and I can, you know, be on the right side and look, you know, and virtue signal or, or at least not be on the wrong side and be persecuted. Then when things get tough, self-control is not going to be my fallback, right? Um, Right. You, you judge a tree by its fruit. That's what Jesus said. So if the fruit of it is, yeah, I really do believe this. I really am impassioned because this is true, not because of how good it makes me look or that I'm trying to preserve my reputation or uh, propel my reputation. 
And the litmus test is, when persecution comes, what is my reaction? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because God, uh, God always, he, he always wants us to leave retribution, vindication, vengeance, and all of that to him because he knows the heart. Yeah. He does know I the heart, know man. The heart. Yep. No. Nor do I. So I and think you know, that self control yeah. doesn't mean I don't care. It means that I know to lose self control is to lose the battle, is to lose the narrative. It's to it's it's to lose everything that I stand to win if I have self control. Right. I mean, I can be just as passionate. I can be just as involved. I can be just as woke as the mm-hmm. next person. Mm-hmm. But if I don't have self control, I'm not representing God anymore. Right. Um, okay pastor who has probably preached a sermon on this one term i'm going to throw the term at you and i bet you're going to tell me the definition the term is meek 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 is power a misunderstood word yep yep that's what i heard (laughs) and i'm sure at one point you probably said that to me um But we misunderstand that, right? We think meekness right. means, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, that's not it at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No. But there's, it takes courage. It takes courage to have self-control when you'd rather just punch someone in the face or worse. Right. Yeah. And that is a seldom focused on fruit, singular, <laughs> of the spirit so if you got everything else and you don't have that you don't have fruit of the spirit yeah yeah that's a good place to start so all right we've been we've been talking for almost an hour so and i could easily keep you for another but i know you have a life so i want to ask you one more question as long as we're speaking about courage and Mm -hmm. as long as you know we're we're circling back to this whole relationship thing. So I, I'm going to ask you, and this has probably been building up for this moment. This is the, you know, not the scariest question I can ask you. I'll save that for next time. But I want to <laughs> ask you this in all sincerity. So, all right. So, you know, okay. we've been talking about, you know, unity. Yeah, we all believe the same thing, but we're in different places. We're not interacting. And, you know, so you've got, you know, so you're probably walking in a lot of circles of people that people that are black. Right. And I'm walking in a lot of circles of people that are white. And then, you know, and by the way, there are other colors out there, too. Right. There's right. there's, there's exactly. Hispanic. There's Indian. There's Asian. So here's my question for you. So, Mm -hmm. and so, and we're all, so I'm just, I'm going to ask it from the perspective of a Christian. All right. So I've kind of limited it here, but I think we have to start here. Um, Not meaning that others aren't well-meaning. So, but here's my context. So what are well-meaning people that are not black people and not just not white people, but Hispanic or Asian or Indian or whatever, whatever, take your pick, Um, you know, Middle Eastern people, what are well-meaning people that are not black not understanding about this discussion of, say, Black Lives Matter? Or I'm going to use this phrase, oh, I'm setting another layer. I would say all black lives matter because I understand 
Mm-hmm. the phrase but i i believe all black lives matter and we can flesh that out at another time but what are they not understanding oh go ahead sorry no no i was going to say that that's a very um attractive <laughs> i'll put it that way um a talking point discussion point that yeah. we can certainly do um yeah at your leisure uh, so yeah. So what, what are we what who are not are black, we, not understanding, that would be helpful in your opinion as a black person for us to know? That this isn't new. One of one of the one of yep. the main things that um, we, I'll say, we are looking for is is affirmation that it isn't it it isn't new we've we've been we've been banging this drum for many 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 years and um although some some of the voices um and from our side are very loud and you know, hurtful. Most of the time, it's because they've been hurting. It's like some. It, it, it's like someone telling you, "I've been physically abused for decades," and then you see a a video of the abuser, and then. You know what? What? What's your response? Your Your response should be, "Oh my God, I'm I'm so sorry that I didn't hear you when you were telling me you were being abused." Mm-hmm. If we can start there, I think we can take another step because it, it's got to be lived out step by step. I watched a video recently of Bishop Ulmer who was talking to Rick Warren and Bishop Ulmer is black. And he was talking to, I may have, did I send it to you? I don't know if you did. Now I'll have to go look know. for it. Okay. No, <laughs> um, he was talking to maybe about seven or eight of his white pastor friends. These are friends, long term relationships like you and I have. And, He said to them, black people will never be able to solve racism. And he also said, you can't cry if you don't care. Mm. And and so we need to identify the people that care. That'll cry with us. That will hurt with us. And then, and then we can develop a treatment plan together because the first thing is usually wanting to get the abuser. Well, you know what? Let, let, let's make sure the abused are okay. There'll, there'll come time to get the abuser, but don't just, don't just jump right to getting the abuser. Let's make sure let, let's get the abused 
whole first, and then we can work together to get the abuser. I think that's a really important point. And like I said, I we could just keep talking and talking. And I, so I'm going to ask you two things, actually. Would you <laughs> be willing to come back for, for another discussion sometime soon? Absolutely. I love it. Okay. That would be wonderful. Okay, so you heard him. He's coming back. Uh, so here's my, here's my next question. Here's another unorthodox thing. Usually I begin actually pre-interview with um, with praying for for our our discussion. And we I know we prayed separately, but we didn't pray together. So I'm going to ask you to take us out. Would you pray? Would you however you want? You can pray for us. Sure. Pray for the people listening to us. However, just pray if you would. Sure. Lord, we count it a privilege to even be able to dialogue on commonality, and that foundation is the commonality with you. So we we thank you for relationship. We thank you for relationship with you, and we thank you for relationship with one another. And Lord, as we attempt to bring a voice or bring whatever it is, a ministry, to these issues, we first want to pray that you help us to represent your goals, your objectives. And and I, I truly believe that the first objective is always relationship. Mm-hmm. For those that don't know what to do, help them if they have no relationships, help them to repent for not having a relationship that can help. For those that do have relationships, I pray that you would sit in their dialogue and to make sure that the wounded is whole and then they work together about how they can walk together. This is a treatment plan. It's not an occasion. It's not an action, an action step. It's a treatment plan so that you are revealed ultimately to both sides of the issues. So we thank you. Look forward to more times like this. And I ask you to give wisdom to Nancy and I and to others who have feel a burden to be involved. That's there's always a burden to be involved. So I pray that you would help them to channel that burden through the fruit of self-control for your glory and for their good. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor Ray, thank you. Thank you. So before we say goodbye, tell people how they can find you, because I know how to find you, um, but I know you have a website, so tell people how they can get a hold of you, uh, subscribe to your devotions, which are wonderful. I thank you very much, and I appreciate the relationship we have. You can find me at the website, livingwordatl.org, livingwordatl.org. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at S. Ray Henderson and on Facebook at Stefan R. Henderson and also Living Word Fellowship. So I'm all over the place. Got it. Okay. And I'll write all of that in the show notes as well. So Pastor Ray, thank you again. And we will talk with you soon. 
Thank you, Nancy. Love you. God bless. Love you, too. Bless you. All right. Every day.